0: Thanks for listening to the Highlands Message Podcast. Whether you're new to Highlands and are listening for the first time or you want to hear a past message again, welcome. Our heart at Highlands is to lead you into a growing relationship with Jesus so you can have a life full of purpose as you grow in your faith and lead others to Jesus. We hope you enjoy and are inspired by the latest message from one of our communicators.
1: Um, well, look, great to see you all today, this morning. Um, Steve Wiedemann's my name. Uh, chances are, if Murray's not up here speaking, there's a, a Steve up here speaking. That's sort of how it works. Um, I'm Steve Wiedemann. You can tell that because I've got slightly greyer hair than Steve Clayton, who was up here last time. I do have slightly more hair, too, which I'm, I'm very proud about. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I can't see Steve. I, I'm him. He's not even here. Oh, man, that's rough. Oh well, you can tell Amy was getting a hard time not being at church. Cool, so I'm going to read, I'm going to start, I'm just going to read um, the whole section that I'm going to speak on and um, really I'm just, believe that there's, there's a lot in this for us and that there's a lot of power just in what God's said, so if you don't listen or forget half of what I say today, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that, I'm cool with that. I really just hope you hear God's words though um, this morning. So uh, Colossians 2 uh, from verse 6 through to 15. I'm going to read the whole lot of it. Um, And uh, it goes like this. So then, just as you've received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness, what we've been singing about this morning. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, that depends on human tradition and on the basic principles of this world rather than on Christ. For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form and you've been given fullness in Christ who is a head over every power and authority. In him you're also circumcised in the putting off of the sinful nature not with a circumcision done by the hands of men, but with a circumcision done by Christ. And having been buried with him in baptism and raised with him through your faith in the power of God who raised him from the dead. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of this sinful nature, God made you alive in Christ. He forgave us all our sins. And having canceled the written code with its regulations that was against us and that stood opposed to us, he took it away, nailing it to the cross. And, having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. That's God's word. So, I want to ask a question this morning, and I've um, I've titled the message, and if if, uh, if you want to bring that up, Mitch, titled the message, "Fire the Narrator." the narrator it's going to make a little bit more sense well, i'm going to start with a a um a question who tells your story who tells your story when you describe your past your life your your future what what you plan for who came up with that who puts the pieces together in this letter that paul was writing to to this um to this church this group of people there was actually a contest going on. These were people, they'd, they'd heard about Jesus. Um, most of them, you know, they'd, they'd made a decision to follow Jesus. They were in church, if you like. But there was still a genuine contest going on for what the major influences were in their life. There was, there was God, there was the things, his purposes for them, but there were also uh, other philosophies, other ideas. And chances are, that's true for your life and that's true for my life as well. There's more than just what, you know, what the Bible says. We don't spend all of our time there. We're a little bit more complex as people like that. And in a natural sense, you, know, you can sort of boil that down. That what they say is nature and nurture. Hey, there's nature and there's nurture. They're the things that sort of make up um, who you are. And um, it's pretty simple. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a farmer. I, I breed livestock. And they're the sort of two things that make up an animal when you see them in front of you there's their heredity, and then there's the conditions that they've experienced, that that animal's experienced in their life. And um, you could be forgiven for thinking that that's pretty much you know, what you see around you. Hey, you can boil that down to a handful of things. You know, there's, there's your family, how you're brought up, and you know what, what uh, makes that tick, what it means, in my case, to be a, a Wiederman. Um, there's the combination of experiences that you've had. Uh, and that might be um, things that have happened to you things that you've you've done if you've lived a few years uh, that might be a longer or a shorter sort of series or list um influences that you've picked up things that you've put aside but you've other things that you've adopted maxims in your life that when you combine them all together sort of define your narrative uh you might and, and, and probably the thirdly is you might have decided well I choose my narrative and I'm going to pick and choose out of that combination of things what it is that makes up me and where I'm heading. They're kind of, you know, the the, the, the general gist of nature and nurture. Um, and most of us realise we're, we're kind of complex people. Hey, we're not just one dimensional. There's not just one thing that is your story, right? There's, there's, um, there's your home self with your family. There's maybe your work self. There's the, people, the person that you are with your friends. Um, and if you get plonked into a, a different circumstance, if you could just, you know, if you just walk, let's say, back through the high school that you went to, I'm sure that unless you're like a, 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 an emotional sort of brick, you'll start to experience some things that were part of that part of your life. You might see a person have you ever had that experience? You see a person, and all of a sudden you walk away and you go, "Man, I'm just thinking about all these things and experiences, a person from your past, let's say." Um, and they all come, come back to you, "Hey, because we're, we're a makeup and an influenced by these different elements. And some of these things, deep down, kind of they drive. Uh, what we do, the decisions we make, they actually start to shape our, our narrative, if you like. Some of it's good, and that's cool, and some of it maybe, maybe not so, hey. So I'm going to ask you again, who tells your story? Um, right here in this Bible verse, and you can um, bring up the next uh, little uh, section here. Um, right, it kind of starts here. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy. It depends on human tradition, the basic principles of this world, rather than on Christ. So, I spent some time over the last couple of weeks while I was preparing, trying to think through, you know, what are these influences? You know, what are these worldly traditions or philosophies, hollow philosophies? And I went and looked for some book, um, book headings. Um, here's a couple for you. Um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And and this other one I like, it's a classic um, the magic of manifesting money. 15 advanced manifestation techniques to attract wealth, success, and abundance without hard work. I want to buy into that one. <laughs> um, now, these books may have some cool ideas in them. Um, one of them, that Rich Dad has kind of been around for a long time. You may have read it. Um, they may have some cool ideas in it. But what I want to point out is that they're actually kind of inviting you into a certain narrative. Hey, Inviting you into something uh, that you can adopt as your life. Uh, you know, wealth wealth's a kind of big one. Hey, like getting ahead. That's my narrative. I'm in the phase of life where I'm in the building phase. I'm trying to get ahead. I'm trying to build up some some, uh, some capital to, uh, so I can do the things I want to do. So I'm trying to build an inheritance for my kids. Um, I'm trying to get financial freedom. Uh, all these things are, are narratives that we're invited into and you know some of that's probably okay some of that if it gets out of control if it becomes your narrative it's actually kind of hollow isn't it you know the the experience over my life of you know in this sort of respect is that if I get a little bit more money my dreams seem to just get that little bit bigger so that they're still out of reach of the amount of money I have I don't know if you've had that experience. I had these little dreams and then um, they don't seem so much fulfilling anymore, like I've kind of got to that point, I've succeeded. And I can just see from that pattern that I I suspect it would keep going, no matter how much I got, no matter how successful I became, my dreams would just keep ahead of whatever level I'm at. And if you pause long enough to properly let that sink in, you realise, Man, that could be a really hollow and deceptive philosophy to live your life by. Always just chasing, always just grasping, always just hoping that you'll get there. Because you never will. Hey, it's a hollow and deceptive philosophy if you give your life over to it. Pull up some more titles. This one really, um, really resonated with me. Finding Mr. Wright. Um, no, it really didn't. Um, <laughs> I'm still searching for myself. Um, no, maybe, maybe you know the whole, the whole wealth narrative. There's a lot of different narratives you can go to, but you can heal your life, raising good humans, finding Mr. Wright that relationships might be the kind of narrative that is most appealing, most attractive, most um, grasping to you. And again, there might be some good principles in those things, but if you give your life to them, then uh, well, then they're going to fall short. Hey, um, the tricky thing with some of those is if maybe you've got great relationships, maybe you've found Mr. Right, I hope you have, um, maybe you're doing a great job smashing it in family life, Um, And you're kind of like, yeah, no, that's cool. I'm I'm, I'm doing well in these things. But the challenge comes when cracks emerge, hey. And when you've built your narrative, where you've built your life, where you've adopted something, and then it goes a little bit pear-shaped. Maybe the kids you're investing heaps of time into, maybe one goes off the rails. Then what do you do if your whole identity has been wrapped up in raising good humans? Or simply just the pressure on that, hey, to think you, you have this enormous and immense um, controlling influence over your children. You've got to get it right or else it's going to go pear-shaped. You know, another one is, um, is human tradition. You know, And part of human tradition, I think, is uh, the narrative that our parents gave us to step into. Um, before perhaps we even knew it, we were starting to, you know, to walk in just the, the atmosphere and the home environment that we were given. Um, and so there's a lot of things we, we kind of say that, that define this, hey, you're a, you're a chip off the old block, you're just like your old man, you're just like your mum. For you, that may be either an insult or something that you adopt that you're very happy with. Um, I just spent seven days living with my parents under their roof and... Um, that's an interesting experience. There's some things, you know, we we chat about, we get along well on, and we see eye to eye on. There's other things that just drive me nuts. Like to be truthful, um, and probably most of them that drive me the most nuts are the things I already see in my own life. I'm like, oh man, oh dear, this is where I got it from. Um, <laughs> um, now, um, with my my dad's a farmer and my mum's a teacher. Um, And uh, uh, one of the the, the kind of narratives, it's interesting that you get sort of brought up into uh, the example I I have of this is um, I was just down there, actually the the farm beside us came on the market. Now, every farmer their narrative is to buy out all their neighbours, that's just what you do. But for 30 years my dad's been telling me about how good it would be to buy this farm. right to the point that he's like, oh if we just move this fence a little bit it'll just line up with that fence on their property and then you know the paddocks will all line up like for 30 years and it's just come on the market so you know here's here's the challenge hey do I step into that narrative do I step into that 30 years of you know that's kind of what you're set up to do so maybe you're a bit different to that you've You've seen all these influences, and you're, you're a kind of reflective person, you're a mature person. You've seen all these influences, and you've decided, yeah, I'm happy with that, I'll take that. Maybe I like the idea of being a farmer or buying the neighbour's block, and it's not just because Dad said so, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it for myself. Or, oh, I like these aspects about who my mum is, I'm going to adopt them, but those other ones I'm going to put aside. Um, the question in that is, well, who... Who's become the, narr- the, the narrator of your life? And let me pull up the next um, title. This is another book one. This one's called Fire the Narrator, and I stole a little bit of uh, the theme here. But I'm not going to steal all of it because the interesting thing is on the back cover there, the little slogan about this book it says, take the, It's time to take back ownership of your most important story, the one you tell yourself. See, it's tempting, isn't it, to say, well, I'm going to write my story. I'm going to be the one who defines it. I'm going to define my destiny. Maybe you resonate with being a self-made man or a self-made woman. That's how you you um, you're set up. But, you know, the challenging thing, if you adopt even that narrative for your life, is, man, it can be kind of scary, isn't it? And it's kind of difficult because... You live a little bit, you take a few chances, a few opportunities, and you realize, I only control a very small amount of what goes on in my life. Between now and this time tomorrow morning, 10.30, 11 o'clock tomorrow morning, a whole bunch of things are going to happen, some of which you have absolutely no control over, that are going to have a lot of influence about your life. But if you've adopted that theory, Man, life becomes this whole contest of what can I control? What can I manipulate? What can I try and bring about in a world that actually doesn't live entirely to rotate around your story? Sucks to, sucks to be uh, I'm telling you a bit of the truth here this morning, but um, that's the way it is. It's, it's tough to say. But, you know, um, another part in the Bible, uh, a guy named James, he kind of called this out as a, as a real illusion. He said it like this. He said, um, this is in James chapter 4, verse 13, he says, Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow, we'll go to this or that city, and we're going to spend a year there, and we're going to carry on business and make money. He's you know, just outlining my little five-year plan for you in a, in a nutshell. I'm going to do this, I'm going to make some money, I'm going to invest it like this, so we're going to be great. He says... And here's the truth bomb. Why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. You might drive out of this place, you might get a text message on your phone that changes the course of your life. Tomorrow, 10 minutes time. What's your life? It's a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it's the Lord's will, we'll live and do this or that. Wow. Wow comes with a lot of pressure to say i'm the narrator of my story i'm the controller of my destiny i'm the one who's going to make it all happen for one thing there's so much that actually if we're honest about it we don't control it all it's an illusion now we have choices and they really matter and that's great i'm not saying just you know, flip it all off and just whatever will be, will be. Um, But at the same time, we've got to accept that over these core things, you know, it's going to be a limiting world to take that philosophy. Hey, next one is this. After we've lived a little, um, got a few runs on the board, it's actually possible that our past starts to define us too, hey. Hey. Uh, that you do a number of things a certain way and they start having a bit of a pattern. Um, I found that if I go through a run of um, making decisions and a few of them don't turn out, after a while I start to increase my level of doubt really badly um, because I'm like, wow, like, there's a track record here of, of, of it going badly. And um, and so it's like that that is building a story and it's starting to shape my my decisions and if especially if the same type of decision comes up again it's like oh man it's going to turn out a certain way because it did the last time maybe it's maybe it's just me but um, people around us have a certain habit and way of reinforcing this a little bit too Um, kids kind of learn it pretty early Um, one of my kids favorite sayings at the moment is you said You said this it usually comes like this we have a conversation that goes maybe this week if we um, you know if the weather's good and we're not too tired we'll go to the park after church and um, and play on the playthings." and straight up the church what comes back is you said we're going to go to the park after church (laughs) I forget all the qualifiers and the things that I put in there to make sure I've got a few little bit of wiggle room um (laughs) they just get passed straight by it's just you said this is going to happen and um others around us can kind of start to lock us in uh you've probably got one of these people in your life who's just got a forensic memory for certain things you've done uh, particularly certain mistakes you might have made and um Sometimes there's a certain type of person who likes to kind of use that in critical moments in, uh, to remind you of those past decisions you've made or those past characteristics. Uh, you know, the kind of, that's just, likely, that, that's just like you, you always back out when I need you. You always, that's a good little catchphrase for it, isn't it? That you always do this. It's a way to, you know, actually just subtly define a person's character and define their narrative maybe you've done that maybe you need to repent of that this morning it's a challenge it's a huge challenge especially for those people around you now interesting thing is i thrown out a lot of these little examples but you also might not entirely know all the little themes and sub themes and plots i said earlier you know we're complex people you may not actually know all the things that cause you to make the decisions that you can feel shaping the narrative in your life and if I can I want to share something a little bit deep this morning Um, I've been kind of reflecting in um, over the last couple of years um, and I can't remember what prompted it but um, it's just a, a question you know that what do you really believe deep down? And, and I was reflecting on that question and I realised that deep down I had this belief that said ultimately it all depends on me when the, when, that I need to sort it out and I'm alone in it. That that's what even God was saying to me. So if things went bad, if things went pear-shaped, that that's basically what I'd retreat back to. I need to sort it out. I need to get this done. I can't expect anyone to help. You can probably imagine that that wasn't great for my prayer life, hey, when things went pear-shaped, because I'm like, mmm, God doesn't care. God wants me to sort it out. I didn't realize that until I was way into my 30s. I can't even say where I came up with that idea from. And actually, when I gave it voice, when I realized it, I was like, man, that's different to what God says about me, hey. That's seriously different to what God says about me. But that played out dozens of times in heaps of circumstances in my life. I just see it like a, a narrative weaving through my past. And I suspect, as I was saying that, you know, that's just me, but there may be things like that for you. And I want to ask this morning what, what are those things? What are those things that actually drive your decisions? Maybe you haven't even given them voice, but that actually shape your story and is Jesus over everything in that is that actually something that aligns with what he says about you that's a good question to ask so fire your narrator I want to encourage you to um, you know take a risk this morning hey because all those things all those things I've been talking about we all experience them if you take some time to pause and reflect I'm sure that there are elements of that that you can relate to in your life. But here's a a huge challenge and an invitation that we're invited to step into. It's actually to say, I'm going to step back from that. I'm not even going to put myself in that position. I'm going to let God define my narrative, both my past and my future. Let me go back. I'm going to read... again from verse 9 says it like this for in christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form and you've been given fullness in christ who's the head over every power and authority skipping forward a little bit having been buried with him in baptism and raised with him through your faith in the power of god that raised him from the dead when you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature god made you alive with christ he forgave you all your sins and having canceled the written code with its regulations that was against us and that stood opposed to us he took it away and he nailed it to the cross so there may be elements of your past and your story that you're not that comfortable with like that you look back and you go, Well, I don't want that part of my story flashed up on the screen. A list of the wrongs that you've done, a list of the mistakes that you made, a list of the failures in your life. The thing is that you don't want to share with anything. And here's the great news here's the freedom message this morning is that Jesus has cancelled that. He's actually cancelled it. He's torn up the rule book that actually defined all the rights and wrongs when he when he died on the cross he broke the power of that and he broke history in so doing and that's true in your life too some of you can really point to the point where you made a decision to follow Jesus but here's an amazing thing whether you can point to that or you can't just happened over a period of time we all have a certain way of accumulating as life goes on that experience of rights and wrongs and depending on who you are and the kind of nature you can keep a list of those things in yourself against yourself and so i wanted to say again like hear the truth of god's word this morning he forgave us all our sins i don't need like a special bible translation don't need to get murray up here to exegete the word all for you it just means all right it's everything And that may mean, in a profound way, that Jesus can break you free from that history even today. Even today, that you can genuinely walk away. It says in the Passion Translation, it's said it like this, it's deleted, it cannot be retrieved. I don't know if you've ever ever had that moment when you're on the computer and you accidentally hit the wrong button, just hit delete or get the, the freeze screen and it just wipes everything you've been working on and you're just like, oh no, um, man, cannot be retrieved. Fortunately, at our work, we have a, a, a hard drive that um, every few minutes, it saves everything and there's a lag between the two so I can go to this other hard drive and I can retrieve it. And um, I found it's interesting in, um, in Christian life that For many of us, and I've struggled with this hugely, I keep a mirror drive of my life. Do you keep a mirror drive of your life? So even if I say a moment ago that God has forgiven you of all your sins and he's not remembering, in fact, it says God can't forget, but it says in the Psalms, he chooses not to remember. chooses to hit delete, I've wiped it. Do you keep a mirror drive do you keep a mirror drive that says, yeah, but I remember and I'm not going to forgive myself for what I did. I can't believe I did that. I'm not letting it go. Friends, freedom today would just be stepping in and saying, I'm going to accept what God says about me is true. I'm going to accept if he says it's all wiped, I'm going to accept that it's wiped. I'm going to let it go. Man, that will change your life. Friends, that's a huge thing. And the last point I want to just touch on is that there is actually more than this nature and nurture thing to our story. There's actually a contest that goes on for how that narrative plays out in your life. A contest between the story that God is selling, telling and weaving, that one that I just referred to, that his cancelled everything that was against us that he's made us alive in God he's given us power for a new tomorrow and there's another one that's actually shaped by, by evil and um, let me explain it with. I've I got, I got another story here um, and permission to go uh, deep again for a moment um, in our marriage um, we're just learning about conflict it's been 17 years but we're still learning um, or maybe relearning how to do conflict because up until now, conflict has sort of gone like, and I've been fine with it, by the way. But it sort of goes like, I have an issue with something, and so I kind of blow up about it, and Madeline just acquiesces, and that's she's okay with that. Or um, well, that's how I thought the narrative went. Um, and recently, I've only recently I've discovered that actually she's quite annoyed with some of these things that that um, you know I might be saying or doing, and. Um, so my initial response has been why don't you tell me like let's get it out in the open let's put it on the table let's have a biff and then we'll be friends again Um, it's probably quite a male way of um, responding to conflict but it works for me and um, she's had to kind of reflect that's almost impossible she's like I can't do that I absolutely cannot do that I can't say what I think in this moment I can't do it and for Basically, about 16 and a half years of our marriage, that's been the narrative, and I've been kind of cool with it. You know, I just get my way. Um, But here's the the interesting thing, that as Madeline has reflected on that and dug into that a little bit deeper, she realized that, you know, when she was growing up, her parents went through a big period of conflict when she was about eight years old, and after that big period of conflict, her dad left and never came back. And somewhere a little story got planted that if you fight, he's going to go. And so that's been what's woven into our marriage. It's made it hard to have boundaries. It's made it hard to have healthy conflict. So we're learning and relearning uh, conflict. And you might have those things you don't even know where they got woven into your life. You know, there was a story I want to just share about a, a bloke and... He realized at a certain point in life, he had this overwhelming feeling that that he, he, his family just didn't want him around, and he'd lived most of his life experiencing that. And you know, when the chips were really down, he was you know pressed into that issue to ask why, because it was pretty destructive sort of force in his life and it didn't match a lot of other things. He um, he was having a time of prayer and and um, came back to this story, this story that. Um, when he was young, he walked into um, a room, about six years old he was, and everyone just went silent. And he was kind of like, What happened? It's just me, so I better turn around and he ran out again. And that was the that was the story. That was the moment for him that he got this great overwhelming sense that he didn't belong, that people didn't want him around. Now after that, he's you know, he's not not young any longer, but he went back and he talked to his parents about that moment. And they said, oh, my gosh. We were talking about a surprise party that we were going to throw for you to make you feel special. And when you walked in, we didn't want to say anything because it would ruin the surprise. In fact, we were thinking about you. We were thinking for you. We were planning something great for you. We care so much for you. And how, as a little boy, did another message get wedged into his life that had nothing to do with even reality? Here's the thing. There's not just one spiritual force. There's nature and there's nurture. There's also spiritual forces that influence your life. And there's not just one. There's not just a force for good, for your purpose, for your future, for freedom, for life. There's one for death and destruction and deception and to... Bring, bring all those things about in your life too. But, you know, Jesus spoke to this too right at the end of this little verse. After it says, you know, he cancelled the written code and the regulations that were against us. It said he disarmed the powers and authorities and he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. You know, Jesus in dying for us didn't just do something great for us he did something great that spoke to the powers and authorities that would have another message for your life he did something to break the power of the evil one over your life as well to break that narrative and there's real power for that in fact there's real power for the future it's not just about the past see every one of us are at a midpoint this morning There's a past and there's a future. It's actually unwritten, the future. The invitation, and I want to even present that for you this morning, is to let God define that narrative going forward. To let God define and write your future. So I invite you again to fire the narrator this morning. The messages, the words, the themes that have been woven into your life that don't stand up to the scrutiny of what God has said you know I said I shared before that message somehow that got wedged into my life that I was ultimately alone in this that goes so contrary to what God's word says God's word says he knew me in my mother's womb he had a plan and a purpose for me to give me a hope and a future see in fact even just realising it even just giving it voice did something to break the deception of it. The greatest power that the devil has in our life is deception. The greatest and the most powerful things are probably ones you've never given any voice to. Now, whether you know them or you don't, because their power is in the deception that's over your life. Even just recognizing them, even just bringing them out in the light, even this exposing them to what God really says can give you tremendous freedom right here, right now, even this morning. So here's an invitation. Three things. Let go of the storyline of the past in your life that you've absorbed. Shake off the lies and deceptions that have been woven there, maybe even by the devil. Allow the truth that God speaks to define your life. Let go of being the narrator of your own life. That might be a big challenge. Some of that might be going kind of okay for you. Still going to challenge you this morning to hand over the reins of that. When you look at the future, whether it looks great for you or whether you're kind of scared about it, I just still challenge you the same way to hand over the power to define your future to Jesus who's over everything. So we want to do things just a little bit differently this morning. I know I've dropped a heap of thoughts and some of them are are challenging and um, I don't want to just leave it like that. See, I really believe that God has the capacity to redirect in our lives and to speak and, you know, some of that deception stuff that he can actually bring power into your life to bring genuine change to find freedom for you here even this morning and although we haven't done a great deal uh, in recent times um, we actually want to pray not just pray in a general sense but pray specifically as well for you if that's true if something in you is just going man that's there's some truth in that and i want that freedom today then i want to just let you know it's here for you it's here for you yeah so we're going to take some time to pray Um, just people and you can you can join in later if you feel like that but right now I just also want to just pray over all of us as we just finish up here Lord Jesus uh, I just thank you that when you come you bring freedom you bring life you bring good things not bad things to us we can trust you we do trust you Uh, we thank you God you are good you are good to us And I just thank you and pray that blessing over all of us here this morning. Lord, over our futures that are unknown, even our tomorrows. God, we just surrender them to you. Have your way. Bring your purposes about. We trust. We trust you, God. Thank you that you're good. Thank you that you're good.
0: Thanks again for listening to the Highlands Message Podcast. We hope you feel encouraged to take these words with you, to know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and to make a difference. If you feel moved by today's message and want to connect with us, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at highlands.au on Facebook or Instagram or head to the highlandschurch.org.au website for more resources and information. Be sure to follow the Highlands Message podcast on your preferred platform to stay up to date with our latest message. We hope to see you in person soon.